You're listening to a River Life Fellowship message. We hope this message encourages you and enriches your life. For more information about us, visit us at riverlifefellowship.com. Becky met this Egyptian lady this week, and uh, she asked uh, Becky a question, and her question was this, how's your country? That was her question, how's your country? And uh, Becky gave her an answer. I want to read something to you uh, that I got off from foxnews.com, which is where I get my news from, mostly. Actually, I'm learning how to get my news from God, (laughs) because he has a different view on the news, but... That's where I, you know, I don't really want to watch television news anymore, but I do like this because I like to look at what, what I feel like I'm supposed to look at. But this is at 8 o'clock last night. These are some of the headlines on Fox News, and this is going to answer that question, at least a piece of that question. These are some headlines on foxnews.com. How's, how's your nation? This is one of the headlines. Man and two women charged with producing more than one million pieces of child pornography. Uh, here's another one. National Guard recruiter, cheerleading coach, accused of sex with students, but no charges. Arizona police seek suspect in sexual assault, kidnap of six-year-old girl. Now, that might tell you, that might answer how's our country. Uh, you know, a couple, three or four weeks ago, there was a man out in Missouri that uh, kidnapped this boy. And by God's intervention, he was captured. And they found another boy who he had kidnapped who had lived with this guy for four and a half years. And when, when that happened, the Lord spoke to me. This is what he said to me. He said, and the Lord does speak to me in southern dialect. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. He said, he said, y'all are not taking care of the children, meaning in this country. And uh, I really thought, well, man, how can we take care of the children better, Lord? Well, we could ask the parents and the grandparents and the family of children to watch their kids closer and just watch them. Watch, watch who they're hanging around with. Watch them they're out, watch them. Don't just leave them at bus stops alone. Or just watch them. Watch who this guy in Arizona, the woman let the guy take the kid to school. And she didn't know he was a sexual predator. He was already on the sexual, on the website of the government. And uh, I thought, well, if the people in the neighborhood would just watch the neighborhood kids also, and we see people going through our neighborhood that are strangers, and we don't feel good about it, we need to Make sure the kids are not being stolen. And those are good things to do. I really believe that. Um, I think we all should do that. Watch our kids. Um, but um, that's not all we should do. Okay? There's something greater that we need to do. Now, if you notice, in third world countries, uh, there's lots of street kids. There was a man this week who uh, we met who I hope really can get hooked up with this guy. This guy was actually, is actually a businessman who has a business over in Bangladesh. He's an electrical contractor or an engineer or something. I'm not exactly sure of that. But he, three times a week, he feeds 250 children. Uh, they're street kids. And he's feeding them out of his own pocket. Basically, his business is feeding these kids. And... Uh, 
showing some pictures of one girl. Uh, they, the guys over there will uh, try to get the girls and rape them. And if they can't get them, they use acid. They throw acid on them, and they get burned really bad. These are little girls. I'm not talking about women. I'm talking about little girls, 10, 11 years old. There's lots of burned little girls over there from men. You know, in Argentina, there's a lot of kids on the street. See, you go any third world country, kids are just thrown away. Uh, but we're throwing our kids away here too. They may not be a bunch of kids on the street of Mooresville, but there's a lot of kids in our country that are being molested and raped and abused. Um, and the Lord grieves over that because any time, um, if you study cults, uh, the people who suffer in cults are ch- women and children. The children or the people who are in charge uh, abuse the children, uh, you know, and wind up abusing the women. And so it's always a sign when you see that kind of thing that something is wrong. You go in a church and where the women are put down and the children are not taken care of, something's wrong in those churches. You should, if you're going to go in a church like that, you, you should go because the Lord sent you as a missionary <laughs> with a word. But if you're part of a church like that, you should flee quickly because it's a bad fruit. Um, so after the Lord spoke to me today, I... Um, had this experience at my house. This was a week ago, Saturday night. And this is the experience. Uh, we were having supper and had Emma Lou over there. We was keeping Emma Lou. Where's Emma Lou at? Oh, Emma Lou's our grandchild, if you didn't know. But it was time for supper. And um, for some reason, the Lord started showing me Emma Lou, what was going on with Emma Lou. And this is what was going on with Emma Lou. Emma Lou knew that when supper time, when we were eating, that she belonged, that she was eating. In other words, there was no question in her mind, am I going to get to eat? There was no question in her mind, do I belong here? No, she knew she was going to eat. She, she knew she was going to eat. She went straight to the high chair because she saw the food. She knew it was time for her because it was time for us. And I, that's just natural. But it broke my heart when I saw it for some reason. I can't, I can't tell you why. It was a great thing. But it crushed me on the inside. And when Emma Lou first came into my house as an infant, the first time she came to my house, First time I held her in my house, I held her in my chair that I sat in, and I whispered, this is what I told her when they handed me to her. I whispered in her ear, and I said, Emma, I will always be there for you. I will always be there for you. As long as I'm here, I'll be there for you. You never have to worry. You don't ever have to worry. I'll always take care of you. You can always depend on me. I will be there for you, and I want you to know that. And everything that I have is yours. Everything. I want you to know that for the rest of your life, everything I have is yours. My house is your house. And uh, so whenever Emma comes to my house, I make a big deal out of it because I want her to know that she's at home, that this is her home. And I want her to feel like this is my home and I'm safe here and I can have anything I want here. Now, 
So <laughs> when the women ain't around, <laughs> it's just me and Emma Rue around, we can do some crazy stuff like <laughs> you can walk on the coffee tables. <laughs> the women don't let them do stuff like that. You can sling stuff. Like, what is all this mess in here? Why didn't you change your diaper? <laughs> I don't do diapers. <laughs> I was waiting on y'all to get home. But in the meantime, we had a great time walking all over the coffee table together. They didn't know about the together part. <laughs> I was up there with her. <laughs> my, now, there's some things I won't let Emma, do, Emma Lou do in my house right now. Okay, because she's too little. I won't let her go plug something in. But I did let her find the foot switch on the lamp. She's really infatuated with this switch flip on and off, on and off, on and off. It's a safe thing. Uh, so, I mean, that was just, I knew it was the Lord, and I just knew God was trying to speak to me about that subject. And I wanted to read John 14. I do have a message. This is a great message. Oh, This is something the Lord wants to do. And... This is it, John 14. You got that up there, Brian? This is what Jesus said. Don't let your heart be let your heart let not your heart be troubled. And uh, I believe there's a lot of people, Christians, that their hearts are really troubled about lots of things, a lot of things. Uh, but there's some things that need to be settled in people. And that was the first thing Jesus said in this great chapter in the Bible. This is a revival chapter, by the way. It's about a revival. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about what God wants to do in the earth. It's what God is doing in the earth. And he says, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, or many rooms, or many houses. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let me just say that one more time. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now we know that place ultimately will be heaven when we all die we're going to go to heaven right if you're not going to heaven we need to stop right now and get you get your get give you your ticket and your ticket is the blood of jesus the cross of christ that's the most important thing there is for us that's the beginning of the most important thing that's the door that's the door that gets us in not only gets in, us into heaven when we die, but it also gets us into heaven right now. Because the Lord not only went to prepare a place for us, He began, this is my understanding of things, and I, I'm, it's when on the day of Pentecost, that's Dean Stein's phone. I've heard that phone ring many times. <laughs> Dean Stein of the Stein Group. Um, it's bad, isn't it, Palmer? Don't go play golf with Dean. Tell him to leave his phone in the car. <laughs> Dean could be playing really good golf and his phone rings and then he falls apart. <laughs> he gets mad because somebody didn't do what their business. Anyways, when, this, when Jesus died on the cross uh, and was in the grave, came back for 40 days, uh, and then he went to heaven, right? He ascended to the Father, the Bible says. And he went to the Father, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and the Bible tells us uh, that he poured the Holy Spirit into the earth. That's what it says in Acts. He says, that's what they said. This is what the Lord did. He, so the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is actually one of the basic parts of the gospel of the kingdom. 
and the Spirit's poured out into the earth. And when the Spirit was poured out in the earth, it released this, this place in heaven. Because the Spirit in heaven are the same. That's what the Spirit brings. The Spirit brings heaven because the Spirit is of Christ. He is the supernatural. He's the supernatural. He's the invisible world. He brings heaven into earth, right? Anybody disbelieve that this morning? If you don't, if you do disbelieve that, please repent. Change your mind. The Holy Spirit was poured out and they had Pentecost that day. That's what the Bible calls the Pentecost, you know, which was a powerful day. That's where the church came into being. So you see, the church really comes from heaven. You know, can you believe that? That came from heaven, Lord? How can that be? Um, anyways, so that was how, this, how these places that God has prepared for us come to us is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. And so we need a real hunger for the Holy Spirit, a desire for the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, we will not have things that God has for us. He's the one who brings... Uh, let me just tell you this. I had a lot of experiences in Toronto. I mean, I had so many things happen to me. You don't even... Some of I could never dare tell you because <laughs> it would be so exposing of my bad self. <laughs> But uh, the Lord loves to expose things in your heart that you got hid down there. You thought you even had hid from yourself. <laughs> Anyways, one thing I had, I had this experience where I saw an ambulance. Now, I mean, I'm talking ambulance. I'm not talking about rescue squad. Back in, when I was a kid, there were these things called ambulances. And this one was white. And it had this blood red cross on the side of it. Y'all, anybody ever seen one of those? They're old. They don't do them no more. They have green writing on them and stuff now. I saw that. And the Lord said to me, now, that's it right there. That ambulance, is, is, that's the cross, that's the blood of Jesus, and that's the Holy Spirit. And then he took me into this white place. Okay? And that was the realm of the Holy Spirit. White place. And, uh, well, I'll just tell you this part. For you rednecks out there, remember, I'm a redneck. <laughs> Anybody like guns in here? <laughs> Neil likes guns. Y'all, like, I like guns. I grew up playing with guns. I quit messing with them when I got old. But he handed me, I went, was in this white place, and I was thinking, man, this is a great place. It's white in here. It was white. And the Lord, remember, I just told you about the cross, the blood. It's important. The blood's important. The Holy Spirit's important. So he, all of a sudden, I see this pistol, and it was the most beautiful pistol I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why I'm telling y'all this, but <laughs> it had an ivory handle on the pistol. It was like a revolver, and it was, uh, had an ivory handle on it. The ivory was so, it was like you could get into the handle. Like you could just sink yourself into it. It was so beautiful. It's the most beautiful gun I've ever seen. And the Lord handed it to me. I got this pistol. I'm thinking... Okay, I'm taking it. I mean, you know, this is in the white place. This is in the realm of the Holy Spirit. So give me, I got this pistol in them, of all things. Well, I'm a redneck, so I thought, well, I'm a redneck. I can deal with pistols. I know how to do with a pistol. You shoot pistols. And then the Lord showed me this woman standing in front of me. And this is where it really gets crazy. But I'll just go ahead and tell you, since you'll know, I'm just crazy. The Lord said, shoot her. I mean, you've heard of people saying, kill, the Lord told me to kill somebody. Well, that's sort of what this sounds But this... That's the false. This is the, this is the, I thought, shoot her? Okay. 
I shot her. Now this woman, I thought, who is this woman I'm shooting? I shot her. I killed her. I saw the bullet hit her right here and blow a hole through her. Now she went. I thought, man, I didn't kill this woman. And then I saw myself. I was standing there. This is really where it gets crazy. I don't know why I'm telling y'all this. I wish I wasn't telling you. I didn't got too deep in it. I'm not telling you everything. I'm going to tell you this. I saw myself standing there, and I saw myself with this white suit on. And I had these pistols. I had, actually had two of them. Then I had a, a belt, and it was like overlapped with nothing but bullets. And I was standing there like a gunslinger. A good guy, gunslinger, though. And I had killed this woman. Now, I'll tell you, no, I ain't telling you the rest of what happened in there because, I mean, you think that's bad. No, but I will tell you this woman who she was. I thought, who the heck was that woman I just killed, Lord? Was that me? Did I kill myself? It was a woman. I ain't a woman. Now, this woman had her wedding dress on, but she was not attractive to me at all. She was sort of not a pretty woman. Anyways. You know who that woman was? You know, that's exactly who I thought. I done killed the church. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me to do, Lord, to come back and shoot our church? <laughs> Dead. It's a spirit that's on the church. It's a Jezebel spirit. Y'all know what Jezebel is? Oh, God, now he's talking about them Jezebel spirit. <laughs> I'm not in all them spirits, really. I don't care about them. I don't mess with them. But Jezebel's spirit is a religious spirit that really destroys people's lives. It's destroying the church. And that was a Jezebel spirit that was on me, if you want to know the truth. And the Lord gave me the authority to take it out. And I took it out. Because, you see, that's a false spirit. It's a spirit that's a replacement spirit. It really will... See, what he saw there, what he was saying is, is there's a falseness that comes on the church. Looks like the church, looks like Christianity, looks like the Holy Spirit, looks like God, looks this. It's a lie, it's fake. A lot of people have that on their life and they don't know it. I didn't know I had that. I mean, I'm not religious, Lord. I'm the most irreligious person there is. Ask my wife. She's always fussing at me about my irreligiousness. <laughs> So, I don't know why I went and told y'all all that. Now, I don't have no time left. <laughs> so what? We can shoot the spirit off of you this morning if you'd like, if you like that kind of thing. <laughs> but this is what it says also in there. i got a couple more minutes, don't I? It says this. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you to myself. Listen to this. I'll receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Where, where I am, there you may be also. Um, let me just read this other part here for you. Look, uh, just go down here to verse 16, okay? You know, one of my requests from the Lord this year was, you know, every year, I've got my vision and my... Lord, I want to be a better preacher, now, that's what I told the Lord. I want to be a better preacher this year. I want to learn how to preach better, communicate. And the Lord said, okay, we're going to do that, Byron. Here's how we're going to do it. We are going to tear it down first. <laughs> you know, 
thing. Oh, great. Now I've got to get tore down to be able to be a better preacher. Everybody likes a strong preacher and wants some, you know, just powerful anointing, you know, T.D. Jakes or some gracious Bible teacher like Chuck Swindoll. And, you know, the Lord was saying, oh, I'm just going to tear your stuff right down. <laughs> That's what I want to do to you. Uh, I'm going to get you. And I'm going to go after you. Okay, and this is where I'm going to go after you. I'm going to go after you right there, right there. So I get to Toronto, and I go in there, and we go in there to register, okay? And I've been praying about this preaching thing for a long time. I want to be a better preacher, Lord. I'm going to preach shorter. Well, Lord, who cares about that? I don't care about the time. I just want to do it better. I want to do it. I want to speak from Revelation. I want to have something much greater than I have. I mean, I just ain't there. Lord, I, there's much more. I get these glimpses of it. So I go in there, and we, we go in here, and we get registered, okay? There's no conference. Nothing's happening. They're just doing business. Then I go in this bookstore, and all of a sudden, I feel this thing that attacks me. I mean, literally, I felt something attack me right there. And it's just, ah! And just this weeping that started in my brain. And I just wept in my mind. Way it felt. I thought, oh my gosh. And I started just crying. You know, you hear about Toronto, all the laughing. Well, I, I cried the whole time. <laughs> Constant weeping in my mind. And I finally went and just like, I got to go. You know, in, I was wanting to go in that bookstore so bad. I think they're going to have some great revival books in this bookstore. If they have any great revival books anywhere in the world, it's here. I looked for a bit and just. I got to go out here and sit down, man. I'm too messed up to be thinking about books. In fact, every, I'd, I'd read these titles on the book and I'd start crying. <laughs> you know, like uh, one of them was "The Father Loves You." I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> the Father loves me. Oh Lord, I got to go sit down somewhere. I can't take this. This is crazy. Just all this stuff in my mind was just. So I go out there and start, and I sit down, and, oh, and I'm in the sanctuary, and there is no meeting going on. There's a few people milling about, saving their seat, you know, just messing around. The sound guys over there doing what they do. They're playing music. So I go and sit down, and all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, Lord, start speaking to me. It was terrible, you know. It was terrible, really, because everything he would say to me would make me cry. I cried and cried and cried. Some of it was outward crying, but most of it was inward crying. Okay? I don't know if you've ever cried on the inside. But it was like, later I realized what the Lord was doing. He was saying, I am just washing your mind, Byron. This is what I'm doing. I'm washing your mind. I'm washing. You want to be a better preacher? I'm going to wash this stuff out of you. Then, am I Okay. Then I saw myself, this is another time, and this is what I saw. Let me just tell you, I was, this, this was when I was laying on the floor after somebody prayed for me. And I saw myself and I was like this, walking around. <laughs> and the Lord said, you're all twisted up. I'm going to straighten you out. That's what I'm doing right now, I'm straightening you. I look like a, you know what licorice looks like? I was thinking press, but it really looked like a piece of licorice. That's what I looked like, a piece of licorice is all twisted up. And the Lord was straightening me. Licorice candy. You know, sticks of licorice. 
this was good looking licorice. It wasn't cheap licorice. That's <laughs> what I feel like the Lord saying. You ain't cheap licorice, baby. You may be licorice. A lot of people don't like licorice. But that's between thee and me. I am what I am. I may be licorice, you know. But some people love licorice. Obviously, God loves licorice because He loves me. Anyways, that was something powerful to me. Licorice. And the Lord straightened me out. And see, a lot of that's in your mind. My mind was getting fixed. God was fixing my mind. You know? And it says right here in verse 16, and Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. See, there's the Spirit coming into our life with us, abiding with us, bringing the place that God had prepared into our lives. Oh, come on in, Emily. This is your house. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel that God's house is your house? Do you feel that you belong? Or do you feel like, or is there a question in your mind? Do I belong? Do I belong? Now, you need to answer that question. Do I belong? When they sit down to eat, do I sit down to eat? Or do I have to question, am I going to get to sit down and eat here? Maybe I'm going to get the crumbs. You know, there's a woman in the Bible who got crumbs. Remember her? Syrophoenician. Lord, my daughter's dying sick, messed up. Please demonize everything that's bad. Please heal her. Mm, I ain't talking to you. No, please, you got to. I ain't talking to you. No, you got to. I can't give you the children's food. Well, Lord, the dogs eat the crumbs. Oh, let's get on the floor and lick some crumbs. Is, do you feel that? Maybe you get the crumbs. Well, that was because it wasn't time for the Syrophoenicians. But that woman prevailed upon the Lord and got what she needed. Anyways, it's uh, the Spirit of Truth, it says, whom the world cannot receive. If you can't receive this... If you cannot receive the Lord, then you need to ask what spirit you're of. Now, I'm telling you. When the Holy Spirit moves, if you can't receive Him, you need to think, maybe I'm full of the world. There ain't no room in my life for the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants to help you with that. Well, twisted pretzel you are. You may be a pretzel, salty. <laughs> the world can't receive it. Any, the world in you, the world in me can't receive the Holy Spirit. It just won't. If we got world in us, it ain't going to happen. So get the world. Let the Lord take the world out of you. You know the old saying, the Lord took them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them, or didn't get Egypt out of them. A lot of Christians are full of the Egypt, full of the world, uh, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, that's the thing the Lord wants us to see. You see that white place I was at? The Lord was letting me see. Now, I wasn't seeing that in my physical eyes. I, my eyes were closed. I was, in, I was seeing it right here in my mind. I wasn't imagining it. That was the Holy Spirit coming into my mind and showing me this world. And it's by faith. You see it. I was seeing it. I was seeing Him. I saw the amulets, the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Ghost. Uh, but you know Him, and, and we can know Him. We can have this. There's so much more. We don't have to come to church and struggle. 
It's not a struggle. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And this is the thing. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And here's what everybody needs to know this. Every person that was ever born in this world, which means everybody in this room, you were an orphan at one time in your life. You were an orphan until the day you got saved. Okay? You were an orphan. I was an orphan. We were abandoned people. Abandoned. Abandoned. And what happens and what has happened to most Christians, see that old Jezebel spirit? You know what she protects? Let me just protect something on you. I can do this on this baby because, you know, I'm going to protect something on you, Byron. I'm really going to protect this. You know, I'm protecting something on you. I'm going to protect that orphan spirit. I'm going to keep you an orphan, baby. You ain't going to never feel like you belong. You ain't going to never feel like God really does love you. Oh, God loves me. I know He does. You know, he, I feel like He does. I believe, yes, God loves me. Oh, Emma Lou ain't really concerned about eating. She don't have an orphan spirit when it comes to, to the natural. Sorry. <laughs> so I had this experience a couple weeks ago. My wife, who grew up in this wonderful home, she thought, and she wanted to talk to me, needing pastoral counsel. I said, I don't have time to mess with you, big. I got to go. Got I got to go, go. I got things to do. You know, my job. And she started telling me all this stuff. The Lord was showing her her life when she was abandoned as a child, because she was number six, and her mom and dad were old people. Old people get tired. They should be grandparents, not parents. You know, let them enjoy it, and then let the young people who have energy take care of the stuff. She's going through all this stuff the Lord was showing her. You want to say something? No, you can say something. Time, we're not time, man. Anyways, the orphan spirit was being, the Lord was trying to break it off of her. Because she felt, the Lord was revealing to her in her heart there was a sense of abandonment from her childhood. Now, you may say, well, when you got saved, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, the truth is this. Every person in this room has been affected by an orphan spirit. And many of us have protected that spirit in our life. And the way we've protected it, we refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life. And there's something on you that's destroying you. You and I, we, deep down inside, we don't feel we belong. We don't feel welcome. We feel like a second-class citizen. We feel less. I mean, if, I'm, if, if this is not the truth, if you don't really... Then I'm a big, fat liar. Pick me up and throw me out the door. Because he said, I will not leave you as orphans because he wanted people to know there's that thing in us that he's not going to leave us in that state. And you've got to know you've got to come to the truth about yourself. You've got to come to the sense of this feeling of rejection or not measuring up or all that trash. You've got to face it. I'm an ugly person. Nobody wants me on their team. Nobody likes me. I'm a whip. I'm stupid. I'm bald. I'm fat. I'm crummy. My teeth are rotten. Whatever your problem may be. I'm not good enough. Inferiority complexes. 
Romans 8, 12 through 17 for all y'all. It's a powerful thing here. I mean, I'm just scratching on the surface here. You know. Uh, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So what Paul was saying is this spirit operates in your realm of your flesh. And he was saying that's where that thing works at. It's not like a spirit living in you. But what I was showing you with Aaron, it's like a spirit that gets attached to us, attached to our flesh man, our natural man, our, na- our intellect. You know, the flesh, in the sense of it being natural, I mean, I like my skin. I wash my skin. I comb the little bit of hair I have. I, I do exercise. I try to take care of myself. I take vitamins to take care of this uh, person that's housing this, the Holy Spirit. But this person who's housing the Holy Spirit is not the real me. There's a spiritual man inside of me. That's where... And so these, you can allow this outward person to control your life instead of letting this spirit man inside of you control your life. Um, that's a real quick, simple method. Of, all right, go on there. Um, if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. That's why there's so much death in the church. I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking about dead, born Christianity. You know, that's the key. If you do that, you just unlocked death in your life. I mean, there's people in this room right now, you've got a lot of death working on you, whether you realize it or not. Now, you just need to be the truthful here. But if by the Spirit, we're talking Holy Spirit here. See, it's easy. It really is easy. It's not hard to do. It's not hard. None of this is hard. We've made it hard. Oh, gosh, we've got to get up here and worship the Lord and make it this. It's all that stuff. That stuff's crazy. If you, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. See, the Lord wants to do it. He just needs you to cooperate with Him. He needs you to say yes to Him. He needs you to submit to Him. He needs you to humble yourself to Him. If you, by His Spirit, do that, uh, you'll live. You'll have life. This is real profound preaching, isn't it? I mean, you know, Christianity 101. That's the Christianity 101. Anyways, it goes on and says, I know I'm keeping you all a bit longer, but anyway, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons. Now, you can be a child of God. I know this is the truth from Scripture. I don't have time to explain it to you. But you can be a child of God and not really be a son of God. Now, I don't want to get up, but in other words, you can be part of God's family. You can be saved. You can be going to heaven, but not be led by the Spirit. Therefore, you're not a son. You're just a child. What do you want to be this morning? You want to be a son or a child? That's not heresy. It's in the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it. It's in there. I'm telling you. It's in there. Read John, 1 John. It tells you, explains it all to you. But then he said, For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, that's what's happening with people. People have a lot of fear in their life. People have all kinds of fears in their life. They're ate up with fear. They're ruled by fear. They have fear of everything. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. Fear of looking stupid. Fear of being stupid. Fear of being ugly. Whatever your fear is. Fear of failure. Fear of success. You know? But that's not what the Lord gave us. He didn't give us that. So if you've got fear in your life this morning, tell the truth to yourself. There's some fear in me. 
It may be hid. I may have it well hid. So hid, and I don't remember I have it. But it's in there. And if you got it, if it's in there, it needs to go because it's not God. It's a bad fruit. But you receive the Spirit. Listen to this. This is important. Spirit of adoption. Spirit of adoption. Everybody say Spirit of adoption. That's what God gave us. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. You know, y'all know all those teachings on that stuff. What Abba means, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's my son. He knows I'm his daddy. Anyways, the Spirit Himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. So that so you have to be a child. You got to get that cell. You got to let this Spirit of adoption get released into you. Okay, so you can become that son. It's you'll never really walk in the things that God has for you. You'll never become that until you allow this thing to deal with those things in you. I don't say he's going to do it, do it all at one time. It may take him a long time. I don't know. God does different things with different people. I think it's just an ongoing process in our life of God liberating us, bringing us into more and more of what he's placed in us, into this liberty in Christ. Uh, if Then it goes on, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Does anybody here really believe they're an heir with God? And a joint heir. I mean, do you really believe it? Because if you believe it, it's going to affect your life. It's going to affect the way you act. It's going to affect the way you talk. It's going to affect you. Don't tell me you believe that it is. Your life is not different. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me you're an angry, mean person and tell me you believe that. Don't. No, no. That's not the fruit of that. That's not the fruit of that. That is not fruit. You got to look at the fruit in your life. What is the fruit in your life? Tell me, what is the fruit of your life? It's not that stuff. It's not watching bad things on TV. It's not looking at bad things. Tell me what the fruit in your life is. Well, fruit right now, maybe I'd like to slap Byron down. <laughs> The Lord is looking for a place in the earth that will say, we'll take the prepared place. We'll take the prepared place. That's what he's looking for. Oh. That's what that meter was all about. I'm looking for a place. I'm looking for hearts first that can express this prepared place. Oh, I'm sorry I'm preaching so long. Not really. Oh, Ken, Daddy really loves you, Ken. Daddy's house is your house. All that Daddy has is yours. You believe that, Ken? That's what Daddy wants you to know. He wants you to know that. You're not second-class, Ken. You're not a reject, Ken. You're Daddy's boy. You need to know that. You hear me, Ken? All that Daddy had. And the Daddy may say, Ken, don't be messing with the electrical sockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they may tell you that, but that's not rejection. Mm-hmm. It's delay. You can mess with them later. Mm-hmm. In fact, I may have you crawl under the house sometimes and put an electrical socket in for me. Because mm-hmm. there needs to be some electrical sockets in the earth. 
You hear me? Where people can plug into the power. That's all the Lord wants to do for everybody. It's simple. It's simple. He wants people to know you belong in His house. That's what He wants to know. And He's looking for churches that will be His house. That's all He wants from the church. Just be my house. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to have fancy stuff. Just be my house. Because i got a lot of kids I want to reach. And I'm tired of children being raped. And that's why they're being raped. Because there's no houses. There's no houses. And the babies are being raped by grown men. The babies. Six-year-old girls are being molested by grown men. Because there's no house in our nation. Or there's not enough houses. That's what's wrong with our country. What's wrong with you? How's your country? Our country is sick. Our country's dying. Why? This prepared place. It's not, God can't find this place. Everybody feels rejected. They don't feel like they belong. They don't feel accepted. There's a class structure. There's the big cheeses that sit up in the church. The untouchables. There's the superstar musicians. There's the great preachers who have all this anointing. There's all this. And the Lord's saying, I don't like any of that. That's not what my house is about. My house is, let me put the baby in my arm. This is your house, baby. Let's crawl around the coffee table some, baby. You ain't got to do anything. You're my baby. That's what God wants to do. But He can't do it if He doesn't do it in our hearts. He can't do it if our heart is not healed and if our heart don't see and have faith to receive this and believe this and let the spirit of adoption have its way in you because it's in you already and He'll release it into your life. And, uh, Byron, you're a pretzel. That was the spirit of adoption. Let's fix the pretzel. Let's fix the, the licorice guy. Straighten him out. But we're going to stay licorice now. Quit being afraid. Quit being afraid. Stop being afraid. That's, fear's not from the Lord. There's a fear of God. But we ain't talking this this morning. The day will come when the fear of God will be evident. Uh, maybe he'll come and just you know, crash us. I'm in so much trouble now, I don't know what to do. <laughs> anyway, let me read Malachi 4, 5 through 6. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Yeah. This is what it says. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet for the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's great and dreadful. Mm. Maybe the spirit of Elijah is talking to y'all this morning. What dare Byron Wicker to say the spirit of Elijah may be speaking through him. What an arrogant jackleg. I said that in a nice way. Maybe he is, though. You see, the Holy Spirit can speak through anything. Speak through any person who will let him. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. See, that ain't happening in our country. It looks like to me the daddies are having sex with the babies. It is true. That's sick. The sickness 
can be cured. But it starts right in this room. It starts right with you and me. And if we're not willing to allow the Lord to do what He wants to, the sickness will continue to spread and our nation will be destroyed because this is what He says. I'm going to turn these hearts, fathers to the children. That has to happen first. You can't expect the kids, if they're scared of the guys, and we can apply this to mothers, okay, we're just using, I can't get into all that, but yeah, the whole same thing. Least I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now, I'm telling you, it's a curse when men have sex with three-year-olds. That is a curse. That's a curse. And we could list a lot of other things. Anyways, that was the, the thing, man. That's the thing. That's it. I'll tell you this one last thing, because I know you're mad. and <laughs> It's a key. Uh, y'all ever, I want to tell you this. Y'all ever seen that, that uh, movie, The Never-Ending Story? Who's, who's here seen that movie? I've seen it 998 times. My kids made me watch it over and over and over. Like, at one point, I could go through the whole movie and tell you everything they said in it. It's got some great things in it. You need to watch it. Never-ending story. Well, at the end of the story, this world got destroyed. It was destroyed. Destroyed world. All that was left was this little boy. It was a little boy and a little girl, which was who? Who was that little girl? Amber said, Manny, you know her. Awesome. Yeah, when she was a little girl. Now she's a, you know, bluegrasser. Anyways, she gave the little boy a grain of sand and told him, listen, create another world. I, mean, I don't remember the exact words anymore. I got old away from that. When that and the prince's bride, I did try to forget those. <laughs> forget those, those things. But she gave him a grain of sand and told him something like, whatever his name was, just to dream, create this world with that grain of sand. Sebastian, yeah, that's right. I thought it was a strange name, Sebastian. If your name's Sebastian, it's that's a great name. Just dream. I think something like dream, Sebastian, dream. He had a grain of sand. One grain of sand. So the Lord gave me a grain of sand. And he said, Byron, you can create a world from this grain of sand. And the sand... That's what he gave me. I'm telling you, he gave me a grain of sand. He said, create this world from this grain of sand. Create this world. But here's the essence of the grain of sand. It's what Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you. The grain of sand says it's a place that's prepared for you and I. And for them out yonder. He said, take that little grain of sand and make that place. Make that place. Make it. Create that world. Because in each one of us, we have this power in us. Because the Spirit of God's in us. And He's the one who possesses the ability to create. We don't. But He commissions us. Commissions us. Then He said, I said, well, how are you going to do that, Lord? He said, well, take the five loaves and two, whatever little you got whatever you and I'll multiply it I'll make it I'll do it you don't have to do it just let it be released and fight for that fight for it fight for that 
fight that people can go to a place where they feel that spirit of adoption, where they feel they belong, where they feel they love, where they can be cured, and where they can walk in the Spirit, and they don't have to stay the way they are. Fight for that. Fight for that. Fight for that. Don't let anything that don't let anything come in there that's not carrying that. Nothing can establish itself there if it's not carrying that. It's not going to. Now, people can come that's not carrying it because they're the, the object of God's love and affection. But you don't build, you don't let anything be built around it that doesn't have that. Well, it's a revolutionary word. Believe it or not. Yeah. Fight for that. Because so, oh, at the center of it is who? Who is at the center? Oh, it's the Holy Spirit, the power and presence of Christ, the blood of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The last thing I'll tell you, gosh, I'm so sorry. It's time for the church to start again. Is the Lord showed me this iron when I was laying on the floor. I'll tell you that, it was pretty cool. What in the world? I know it's an ironing board. He said, This place is the ironing board for the body of Christ. And I'm ironing some wrinkles out of Byron Wicker right now. Because I'm going to have me a bride without spot, the blood, and without wrinkle, the Holy Ghost. Get the wrinkles out of that boy. Come on. I'm going to iron your hide, boy. You're going to like it. The iron's hot. Woo! That's hot, Lord. <laughs> oh, you see that wrinkle right there? Let me get that out. It's iron away. I mean, that Lord really knows how to talk to a person. He may not show you ironing boards. He may show you. That's how he's talking to me. Because he knows I know about ironing boards. Because my wife won't iron for me. <laughs> I know ironing boards, baby. I got one. I use it. I don't ask big. I just go do it unless I'm desperate. Like, I can't get this one to do right. <laughs> Y'all done gotten... Yeah, there she goes. She's in charge now. I just quickly, because I know you guys... Got to go. I just want to give you a really quick overview of our time last week. Because I, I know Byron really didn't tell you about what happened But there. I told you the key. All his... You got the key. What are you going to do with it? It's good. That was really the, the meat. But I just want to say this quick. We, um, I'll help her. Go ahead. No, go that. ahead. You said all you're going to say. <laughs> Here's what uh, we saw. Let me tell you this. When the Holy Spirit moves, I saw a church that was flourishing. A church. A church that was flourishing. A church... That's that was, what I was going to say. Oh, okay. I just wanted to attempt. They just celebrate. Toronto, this is um, Toronto Airport Fellowship in Toronto, if y'all don't know. They went into revival 14 years ago. They were about 300 people when they began. Okay. Um, about like our church, huh? He is just. <laughs> <laughs> the basically, Hot in here. the Lord began moving. With them 14 years ago, with revival, with these, the power of the Holy Spirit coming. And that's, they didn't really know what was happening to them when it began then. Um, and about 300 people were there. The Lord began to move. These manifestations broke out. It was just crazy. They are, they're in Toronto, probably one of the, the most dev- device, not divisive, diversive places in the whole world. And it sprung out from there, I believe, because 
There were so many people from different countries in that church begin calling home and saying the Lord's moving here. The Holy Ghost is moving here. So from that, it was just straight word of mouth. The fire broke out, and they went into revival, and thus many nations went into revival. And I thought, and Byron and I went about three years into it, got impacted by that revival. Their manifestations broke out in this church and thus changed the face of our church then. That before then, our church was a traditional church. Y'all don't know that, but it was traditional, and the Lord broke in with us and really changed the face of this church at the time, Calvary Community. So, but it kind of, you know, lifted off of us. We didn't really pursue that real heavily. But, you know, when the Lord began breaking out again with us recently with these manifestations, I was confused, honestly. I couldn't really get my a handle on what was really going on. And Byron and I decided to go back to Toronto. I mean, we were really even tentative about that because in my heart I thought we would go back to a dead movement. I thought what was here was so fresh, I thought we would go back to a dead movement. And, uh, and, and we'd just, they would just be doing the same stuff and kind of be stuck in a time warp. That's really what I thought. And I was preparing myself to be disappointed up before I went. But I felt we were to go. But when I went back, Immediately when I went in, this is what we discovered. That there had been, not only had it gained momentum, there was such maturity and depth, and that this thing has spread in great maturity all over the earth. And I really could see, it's this Father's house. And I just wanted to tell you, I much, I got the Lord to deal with some stuff, but I just had a party all week. Byron was getting really dealt with deep, 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 deep stuff. I just felt like I was a kid in my daddy's house all week. I, I mean, I thought we would go and miss half the meetings because we're tired and we need to rest. But Byron and I would not miss a single meeting. We we spent so little time in our hotel room because we were. I just it was just like this is what God's house is supposed to be like. It was just a blast. I mean, and it, it, I just so I just wanted to tell you that that. The Lord's house can be heavy and iron boards and all that stuff and deep works of the Spirit and all that. But it's also, I just, I had the most entertaining week. The testimonies that came, I mean, let me tell you, these were denominational pastors, a good many of them in that room. I mean, the the Lutherans were there, unbelievable Lutherans that were there. (laughs) Lutherans, and we watched this, a Presbyterian pastor, I believe, there were these two guys across the aisle from us get blasted all week long. They couldn't even... They laughed and rolled and laughed and rolled and laughed and rolled the whole week. The Presbyterians. And it was just... I just want to tell y'all, church is over what we used to know what it was like. Yeah. I mean, it's just silly that we contend. The Lord loves His house. He wants us to love His house. And and 50,000 people have been saved One of my favorite testimonies, and this is it, is there was a pastor there who for 14 years has come against to Toronto. He's spoken against it, written again, published things against it. He heard, and he's been getting a hold of Bill Johnson stuff, and Bill Johnson spoke, who's, he wrote that book, that book when uh, Heaven Invades Earth. He, he decided to come. His wife had been wanting to come for years. 
And because Bill Johnson was there, she got him there. And it was the most awesome thing to hear him stand on that stage, blasted, and asking for forgiveness for coming against that movement. I really believe Toronto really is a revival center of the world, honestly. I, I believe out of that little thing, and it's just God can take that grain of sand and release. And it is the Father's heart. They, just, they really have gone through the history of the last 500 years and made me really understand what was going on. Um, with Wesley and all those guys, it was the revival of salvation, Jesus, of individual salvation. Then in the early 1900s, it was the revival of Holy Ghost, the Pentecost. But this is the revival of the Father's heart. And that's really what it's about. And that's what is being released here. See, before I went up there, I started getting dealt with about adoption. I didn't understand it. And I get there and get, we get every question that was in our mind, everything the Lord had been already speaking to us was confirmed every way we turned about what's going on here. Every, it was just unbelievable. So I'm excited. Byron is it really dealt with and has just that grain of sand that's fire in his pocket. So I just, but I just wanted to give you an overview so y'all would kind of understand the context of all that he's sharing in. So, and I'm real excited. We, we have a really good things ahead for us. So, amen.